Hey, welcome to the YouTube show. I am Chris. Got Craig with me. How you doing, Craig? Doing well. How are you, Chris? Good. I'm just basking in the glow, man. I always like when we talk to new people. They have a lot of fun. They get it. They they have their tongue in cheek. And, um, you know, Colin Gay was like that for us. Um, I, I work with Colin Gay. I never really uh, talked to him. It was great to spend the last hour with him. I love having him back sometime. Colin was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am getting out of the journalism field. It looks like, Craig. I mean, we had a tough conversation earlier, but we'll be fine, right? Yeah. I'm going to make I it. So. I think all so. right. All right. I'm out of journalism. We'll, we'll put it like that. But that said, obviously, Craig is still a journalist, and we like having journalists come on our program. We've had a lot of them over the years. Um, Craig, I we've talked about a lot of stuff lately, but I haven't got a chance to talk to you. Uh, we had Charles Tepany, um, Joe Frost and I had on, on Wednesday night. He's a USA Today reporter out of um, L.A. And we were talking to him about, I don't know if you remember, there was a weird story about the FDA warning people about this TikTok video of uh, pouring NyQuil on your chicken. Yeah. And yeah. Charles wrote that story. And I'll tell you, it was very much like Colin. A fun interview. We talked about his goofy story. And then we talked about him covering the Emmys. It was a lot of fun. So, okay. yeah. yeah, it's a very good. So, hey, love having reporters on. If you're a reporter and you want to come on and talk about what you do and have fun, let us know. And if you don't let us know, we're going to, we're going to talk to you. I, I want this Vanderbilt reporter on, Craig. Is she a good <laughs> spirit? If we ever had her on, would, would, she, would she have a – what do you call it? I, I'm – I'm losing my train time. Is she a good sport? Would she be a good sport about us? I, I would I would think so. I mean, give her a follow okay. on Twitter. And, uh, hey, man, we can always see if we can get some Tennessean reporters on here. I mean, it's, yes. uh, oh, yeah. you know, obviously we're not in Ohio. But, you know, I mean, we, we can talk about national things going on. I mean, we are in Music City, so why not, right? You can get the Tennessean website in Ohio. so You it, can. If you're a subscriber okay. of the Dispatch, you can get the Tennessean. <laughs> subscribe everywhere. <laughs> subscribe, subscribe to all. Everywhere. Subscribe to all 200 of our Gannett papers, and everyone will be happy. So, yeah. good. man, that'd be hard to keep track of. But yeah, yeah, do that if you can. I mean, hey, support local journalism. That'd be great. All right, so tonight we're we're talking YouTube. Um, I, I think last week we forgot to say what the other show was, which it happens, man. We're we're human. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about Eli, Eli Manning. There was a fun viral video where he kind of dressed up, looked a little different. He tried out for the Penn State football team. Yeah. And, oh, man, all the joy that happened when the coach said, ha-ha, it's Eli Manning. Yeah. Which I still don't think Eli Manning could throw that well. I, I mean, <laughs> they made Eli Manning have to be like Pat Mahomes or somebody. Well, right? you know, for a, for a walk-on, he probably yeah, but- would- pretty impressive at that at his age he's retired like i like big ben yeah. roethlisberger but if we had big ben out to throw i mean i'm sure he would still throw a lot better than you i ever could but i i don't think big ben's gonna be throwing you know ropes out there no right now he, he's retired for a reason i mean come on yeah yeah, so yeah. I, I, but that's okay but, but hey craig was so impressed by eli manning he said we gotta <laughs> keep on this eli Manning train yeah, like, all right double down I said, sorry, had a long day today. I haven't got the chance to think about it. So I will vote with everything, but I'm glad that Craig 
uh, picked the Manning cast. And we've already talked about the actual Manning cast, yeah. but this past Saturday was the debut of the new Saturday Night Live season. And I thought they did a good job. Um, they started out the show with Manning cast where uh, they had guys playing Peyton and Eli. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of doing the Manning cast of the first sketch of the new season for Silent Live. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, Craig. And, and main cast is in the news now. But how many new characters are there? Eight? Oh, there's so many. It just seems like it seems like there are very few holdovers, which, you know, sometimes that happens with SNL. And, um, you know, I, I think that this was probably the most brilliant thing that they could have done to open a season especially amid all the change do a manning cast where you you kind of diet you know dissect the cold open that saturday night live is known for they make fun of it and that's what's perfect about this in my opinion is because they poke fun at themselves they realize that snl is going through transition but it it just worked so well for a cold open they they really they really hit the nail on the head. It wasn't perfect, but it was near perfect. It was probably one of their better cold openings that, that, that I can remember that them, you know, them having in quite some time where it's like, they're making fun of the fact that they're doing another Trump skit. They're, they're making fun of, you know, like Bowen Yang, who's been there now for a few seasons was supposed to be the, the guy that brings it in the skit. He kind of fumbles and, you know, he talks about trying to have this catchphrase that's not really that good of a catchphrase, and they kind of poke fun of it. And it's really a really well done skit. And I, I think that it would be fun to see the the new season kind of continue that that trend a little bit. I'm not saying you do the Manning cast all the time, but try to continue that trend where they poke fun at themselves for how new the cast is. Well, and I gotta be honest too. One of the things that impressed me about Silent Live, and I know you don't always have to be true to the current events and everything, but you know, I was thinking, you know, I write a daily column about some of the stuff going on around public relations. They hit on several topics that I wrote about from trending. Mm-hmm. I I thought, and, and we'll get back to Mancast in a second, but uh, I wrote for the first time about Be Real. This is a new social app. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about this. Apparently, at a random time in the day, they'll say, all right, for the next two minutes, take a picture of yourself. And, you know, Saturday Life had a real fun uh, segment where they were, there's a bank robbery. And the be real, like, you know, alert went out halfway through the bank robbery. And, the, you know, the robber's like, should we pose for a picture too or something like that? And, yeah, that was great fun. And I like when Saturday Life is really topical. I mean, I yeah. know you can't always see that. Sometimes you have to just come up with regular comedy, but they had the be real thing. They mm-hmm. kind of poked fun at the new adult meals at McDonald's. I like that. I like that when you can uh, do that. And I really think, and I'm a big fan of the weekend update. I mean, Norm yeah. McDonald, favorite comedian of all time. Uh, you know, he was a mainstay there for a long time, but man, I, I didn't know about them when they first started out, but I think Colin Joe's and Michael Che. It's very, what do you say? It's edgy at times. I mean, yeah, you, you know, yeah. they, they joke around about racial humor and, you know, they're, they're laughing at everything. They're going to get you ever canceled. But I think people do understand the, the comedy behind it and everything. Uh, they have fun with that stuff. I, I, I think it's good. 
Um, yeah, I know it's a new cast. I know uh, I'm looking at an NPR story listing all the people left. And, you know, there's some pretty well-known people for a Saturday Live performance that are gone. But it's okay. Craig, I can't tell you. There's four. I see four new hires here on Saturday Live. I, I don't know any of them. I couldn't tell you. Like some dude did a um, a little segment during a weekend update. I, I, didn't tell you, I couldn't tell you anything about him. I didn't know if it was good, bad, or upside down. But yeah. it, it had it hit the right note, and you know the main cast—that's a big thing right now. And they just—it was fun. They poked fun of themselves. They realized that as a new thing, it's a little bit different. Yep. And yeah, I was—I was down. And I think part of it too is you know poking fun at themselves. It also kind of lays a little groundwork for if if the season isn't overly successful if if people complain that maybe it's just not quite that funny they've kind of laid the groundwork of hey this person's new or this person's more experienced but yet eh, maybe they didn't do so well they even had a, a part of it with john ham the actor who was um a co-star with miles teller in the uh, top gun maverick movie uh kicking you know kicking the tires on hey you've got keenan thompson who's been there forever why isn't he in the skit? Why wouldn't you leave with yeah. Keenan Thompson? You've got one of the most prolific Saturday Night Live players of all time in your cast of relatively unknowns or young people. Why wouldn't you give uh, you know Keenan Thompson a little bit more run? So I, I think they're they're kind of like in some ways they're sort of hedging their bets. Like if this season isn't super successful, this the, you can kind of look back at this first cold open skit as being the idea that it was kind of to be expected. But I, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's it's not you know yeah you're going to miss people like Kate McKinnon because she was so awesome with all of the different characters she could play. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the writing and how topical they are and how they execute the skits and how they execute the creation of good characters. The, I, I think the actors will be fine. The, the, the cast members will be fine. They're all talented comedians in their own right. They auditioned, they were selected, you know, so there's, there's always this idea that in movies and in TV, it's not usually the actor's fault when something fails. It's the director, it's the writing so I think that's kind of the case for Saturday Night Live. If they come out and, and produce good skits, those actors are probably going to be fine, and they're probably going to have a successful season. I don't know what their ratings are going to be. I watched it on Peacock, um, you know, and I thought the cold open was hilarious. I, I enjoyed the AMC theater that they made fun of with Nicole Kidman. That skit was kind of funny, although it might have overstayed its welcome for a couple of minutes, but or for a, a you know thirty seconds, forty five seconds, but. That's the, that's the idea with comedy is that sometimes you you hit everything on the head and it's a 45 second or a minute or two minute skit and it's perfect. Sometimes you overstay your welcome and you run something for an extra minute or two that you didn't need to. So that's always the thing with with comedy is it's it's really hard to please everybody. Well, and I've seen this NPR story and, and to be honest, NPR was a little critical of the show. They said, look, there, there's missteps, but yeah, well, good night. You're running a new 90 minute show each week, and I, I will say, I'm not always a huge guy in the science live, but I've liked it since I was younger in college, and I always feel like obligated to check on it. And you know, I, I think overall it's hitting the right notes. And if you're sitting there going, 
Why isn't it all funny? Why is there missteps? Okay, again, you trying to write a 90-minute show. Right, I mean, yeah. Craig, in essence, from our talk of Colin, and by the time we get done with this, we're writing that 90-minute show. Right. Uh, b- believe me, not everything we've talked about has been funny today. <laughs> we're, we're trying. <laughs> uh, it doesn't always get there. Same thing for Saturday Live. Yeah. Come on. And, you know, it's just, and again, if you if people out there don't like Saturday Live, that's fine. But just give them credit. They try and make a laugh and everything. I, I think it's kind of amusing. Um, if you're more in the conservative political spectrum, you know, your guy, Donald Trump, is very anti-Santline. Because how dare they make fun of Trump or whatever right. else the case might be. But, you know, I, I'm seeing jokes about Biden on there, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think they're uh, – they make fun of both sides. I yeah, they, so. don't, they don't hold back. I mean, obviously, when Trump was the president, that was, and, you know, Alec Baldwin was playing the president. I, I think it probably, you know, was their number one, you know, their number one draw at the time, you know, to have a famous actor come in and play Trump pretty routinely. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you're going to see some of that, especially now with election season, you know, coming and you're probably going to see more if, if Trump decides to run again for 2024. But, you know, I think Saturday Night Live is pretty topical. They're, you know, they're going to, especially on uh, Weekend Update, you know, Colin Jost and Michael Che tend to, you know, grill anybody. You know, if it's if Joe Biden does something that they don't uh, approve of or they thinks right, they're going to mention that, too. So, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, they, they just they don't really take prisoners, so to speak, in their comedy. They they don't really shy away from whoever messes up or whoever does something that, you know, the, the majority of the public are like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, but overall, I'm, I, I know, I'm, I'm a fan. And, and again, I've gotten to the age where if you're not, it's okay. You know, I'm not going to yeah. yell at you or anything, but... Yeah. I mean, Saturday Saturday Night Live for me is kind of one of those where I used to watch it pretty religiously in high school, college. I think a lot of people probably did. And there's obviously going to be times where, you know, for some people that are older than me, you know, the Adam Sandlers and the Norm McDonald's or the heyday of SNL. For me, it's probably more like Will Ferrell and even Jimmy Fallon were sort of the heyday of SNL for me. But, you know, they always seem to have a really talented cast. At the end of the day, I think a lot of it is about the characters that are that are written and the and just the overall skits. And I think you know, SNL usually does better, in my opinion, when they run the pre-recorded stuff, whether it's the music videos where they have a lot of fun, or like the AMC theater when they they ripped off the AMC theater with Nicole Kidman in that skit, where they kind of poke fun and they can record a, a commercial and make fun of things. I think they do pretty good with those pre-recorded skits. And sometimes I almost think that maybe they ought to, you know, consider doing more of those to fill a little airspace and, and maybe to cut down on some of those, let's think quick on our feet and have, you know, hope something works out where, you know, maybe you can pre-record something and have a little bit more time in advance to get the writing down. Cause there's a lot of talented writers that are at SNL that have come from SNL and I think, you know, you get more opportunities with some of those pre-recorded skits to really focus on it and make it the best it can be. And generally speaking, those are pretty fun. Well, and costume changes, geez. I mean, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Miles Teller, who was in the cold open there as Peyton Manning, he was the host. And he did, first of all, he did a very good Peyton Manning. 
which I I was uh, very impressed with. But he had to take off the you know the wig and the um, you know the prosthetic hair and face and all that, and you know come out and, and do his little uh, you know show opener. So you know, at the end of the day, I mean SNL is still a brand that's pretty popular, and I don't you know I don't know if the ratings reflect that so much. I don't know if the streams on Peacock reflect it. I'm sure they probably do to a degree, but you know at the at, in a, in a vacuum, it can be a fun show. It's going to have hits and misses for ninety minutes. You know, they, they've done pretty well to, to book some solid recording, you know, music guests. You know, obviously Kendrick Lamar is a pretty popular rap, you know, R&B rap artist. So, you know, I don't think SNL is hurting right now as far as being able to book good hosts and good musical guests. Well, and, you know, everyone talks now, I don't know, a couple thoughts real quick about this. Um, you know, they lost eight people. And there were eight people, if you go down the list, they, they were longtime Silent Live contributors. Right, uh, right. Probably the two biggest names I would say would be your Kate McKinnon and Pete Davidson. Um, you know, it's funny. You see Pete Davidson, he's got some gigs. I think Kate McKinnon's still doing some movies. So there's yeah. over six people, though, on this list. I, I don't know. I mean, Andy Bryant, I, I saw it was either like a Hulu or a – Peacock show, maybe? That yeah, Hulu yeah, show. I mean, she's been a pretty valuable contributor, too. I mean, I was actually... I was not really a Pete Davidson fan on Saturday Night Live. I didn't think he was great on Saturday Night Live. I think he's funny in general as a comedian, as an actor. But right. I, didn't, I don't really... I don't know if they just didn't know how to use him or if he just wasn't... For that, you know, I, I I never really was that impressed with Pete Davidson on SNL. Otherwise, I like Pete Davidson. D- Davidson, I just SNL. I don't think really showed off any of his abilities that he really had. I mean, every now and then when he did the weekend update stuff, he was fun. But in skits, I just think he he seemed like he was out of place, and it wasn't because of him. It was just I don't know if they knew how to use him. I, I check in on most of Villas and yours podcast from time to time. She's okay. another one of the sound live people who left. She yeah. kind of touched on a little bit. And it was kind of the same vibe of what you said of uh, Pete Davidson. I mean, I don't think she disliked her experience. I think she just, you know, sometimes if you're not on there as much, and there were, yeah. there were some shows she was more featured on last year as compared to other ones. Right. I, I, I think that uncertainty kind of, yeah, and she can do great impressions. I mean, you know, she did tremendous impressions, and she just never got used. And I don't blame her for being a little salty if that's her experience because she's a lot more talented than what SNL gave her credit for. And I think I think in a lot of ways the Pete Davidson thing applies there where he's talented. He just was never really used up until maybe the last year or so where he really started gaining some popularity and then all of a sudden they're like, well, we probably should throw him in more skits. And right. they did. And they would just kind of throw him in skits that he really didn't make sense being in. And, you know, Melissa Villasenor is sort of the same way where she's a great voice talent. She, I remember she did one weekend update, I think it was, where she started singing as Lady Gaga because she could mimic Lady Gaga's voice. And she just wanted to do it because she wanted to. And they never gave her any time on SNL skits to do those kinds of cool things that she could have brought to the table. So sometimes SNL just shoots themselves in the foot when they have talented cast members. I heard they part of the reason why I had bigger castles with COVID. You, you know, just think about it. like so, some of the um, sports teams, their rosters expanded a little bit, but mm-hmm. you don't know who's going to be okay or not, you know, with COVID. 
You, you almost yep. have to have a bigger um, cast to go on. Yep. Uh, I will say, biggest concern with Saturday Night Live, I'll turn it off, but they lose me when they start doing this. When we start doing the big singing open, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think Lauren Michaels always likes that. Like when the host comes out and they're like, I'm going to sing a song and they sing some yeah, opera yeah, song. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's kind of funny. Most of the time it's lame. I'm like, yeah. Dude, it's 2022. It's like, you know, it's <laughs> well, like the editors it, wave around print newspapers. It's like, come yeah. on, no, we're not there anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested. You know, I, I, it's, you know, I think it's a solid start to their season. I, I am kind of interested to see what next week, you know, nothing against him because I love him as an actor, but Brendan Gleeson is not the most well-known actor yeah, who's that? out there. He's a very talented actor and I hope more people get a chance to see him and they expose more audience members to a guy like him because he's really funny and talented, but he's not exactly that well-known. So this is the kind of season, you know, second episode of the season that might really not do very good in the ratings. But then the next week they have Megan the stallion as a host and musical guest, and she's pretty popular. So it's kind of interesting to see how they like get these. I've always wanted, I've always been enamored with how they get these hosts and musical guests because you know, there are times on in musical guests that you get people that I've never heard of that you would think most people have never heard of. And then there are times where they get actors and actresses that you just kind of wonder, was that the best you could do? Even though, yeah. like I said, I mean, I love Brendan Gleeson. He's awesome. And I think more people are going to know who he is after Saturday, next after this Saturday. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of wonder, you know, how they how they go about booking you know, certain people, because obviously you want to usually book them around the time where they have a movie coming out or whatever, but um, just kind of curious about that. And I will say this, even though the skit was probably like, it's been a few years now, but uh, I really always hope that they get Tom Hanks to come back for Halloween so he can play his David Pumpkins character, even though that skit was probably like a minute too long, but his David S. Pumpkins character where he's in a haunted mansion or a haunted elevator ride, and he's just a weird guy dancing with skeletons. I always yeah. thought that uh, they should do more with Tom Hanks, and I think they actually had Tom Hanks after that. They did not do a David Pumpkins uh, follow-up, so they even did a little uh, Halloween special for David Pumpkins one year, like an animated special. So uh, bring back David Pumpkins. I want to see Tom Hanks as David Pumpkins. I thought Miles Silver was fine. I didn't have a big issue with him. Yeah. But, I, you know, come on. We don't I'm tired of, hey, it's this movie actor. He was well-known for Top Gun. I want more trending people. It could be actors. could be athletes, politicians, whatever. Yeah. I, I want the one you can talk about. Like, like you say, I'm sure Brendan Gleeson's a fine actor. Where's the buzz with that? I mean, exactly, yeah. Bring, no. And she never hosted, but it got absolutely ridiculous when they started bringing Sarah Palin in during the – you yeah. know, when she ran with John McCain, I'm not a Sarah Palin fan by any means. I, I do like John McCain. Don't get me started. We could go for hours on that. But um, the thing, you remember when, like, you know, she was backstage with Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler out front, and Tina was there full Sarah Palin. And, oh, man. I, yeah. I mean, and, and, and the one where Sarah Palin laughed, and laughed, uh, rapped. During weekend update was was crazy. I mean, I'm sitting there like, why are they doing this to the campaign? And you know, I'm sure that's what John McCain was saying when he, <laughs> yeah, 
he was watching that um, from wherever he was at the time. I think it's tough for SNL because you know, obviously, Top Gun Maverick is the biggest movie of the year, and you want to try to capitalize on that, but yet. You know, the movie did come out like months ago. So you kind of right. wonder, like, did it lose steam? But you're really kind of in a, you're out of the summer movie season. You don't really have any huge movies coming until late October and then into November. So you kind of wonder, like, how are you going to get that trending actor, actress that's starring in the next big, you know, the next big movie? I mean, that's why you go with athletes and everything. And like, okay, Aaron Judge is trending. Now, I don't think Aaron Judge would host the whole show or anything, but just really kick it up a notch. You know what I mean? I, I, I know, like, you know, you do Miles Seller for the first time, and then maybe he becomes a trending guy that comes back and back and back. Yeah. But I mean, let's go to the favorites. We're not going to have Tom Hanks around forever. So let's, you know, yeah. make sure he gets a couple of well, hosting yeah, slots if, here. If, if guys like Tom Hanks want to continue hosting, why not let him host once a year? I mean, yeah. he's the kind of guy that even if he doesn't have a movie out that year, you can still dredge up interest in Tom Hanks hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean, I even thought I'm a huge Conan O'Brien fan. I, it was fun seeing him. Uh, last year, he made a kind of walk on during one of the. Yeah, uh, five timers club sketches. Yeah, more guys like him. He'll be really good. All right, um, Craig, do we want to pick another YouTube thing? I might. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have anything slated unless you have okay. something. Well, something let's, well, let's figure out now for next week. I have a business question to ask. Go let's do it on there. It'll be fine. Okay, wow. we talked about enough stuff off air, so let's talk about this on there. Um, I have a thought. Um, Craig and I have been talking. We're going to try something a little bit different. Our work schedules have really uh, just been busy. You know, Craig's working a little bit later at night. Uh, I, I'm working a little bit longer each day. So we're going to try to tape most of our regular shows at, at Wednesday night. Now, Craig could still do his thing with George and Bob and everything. But we're going to try to get some of the, the ones you see all the time done on Wednesday night. Craig, you think it would help if we ever put these live? I know we've experimented with that in the past. Well, we've done, we've done that before, but yeah, I mean that's I don't know with my camera situation being what it is. Oh, know, that's you true. Be able to see me, but you know, I, I would definitely be down for it. Okay, yeah, let's figure out what we're going to try to do is we're going to have four hours. Um, oh yeah, Craig, I didn't tell you about this. I talked to my wife. We are looking at eight to nine, nine to ten, ten to eleven, eleven to twelve. Um, generally speaking, like Craig's on a little bit early in the day, but with Craig's uh, work schedule, maybe he'll do it later. So you might see a mix of Craig, Paul, and Joe sometimes. How about that? Yeah. I know the internet will be ready for that, but that'll be good. Uh, but what I'm saying is, in essence, on Wednesday, we'll have four hours. So it'll still go into your podcast feed like they all do. But if you want to, maybe you can watch it live. We'll, we'll take a look at it and see if I'll work out. Yeah, that'll be uh, – we'll, we'll try it out and see what happens. All right. Um, are you talking with Bob and George this week or Bob or George? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to record with both of them this week. Uh, Bob Bob had a, a, an off week night last week and will hopefully be back this week. And then George, we were planning on recording, but George had a little uh, incident uh, come up that he had, had to address. Oh. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to record uh, at the last minute last week, but uh, – Hopefully we'll be back as he is very excited. He's finally getting to see some new movies now that the uh, dreary end of summer movie season is is over. 
was George's incident have anything to do with the Browns' bad defense? No, no, no. It was a personal matter that he had to handle. And uh, obviously, uh, more power, you know, let that get that family stuff taken care of, get your personal affairs in order. Oh, yeah. We get back at it, and uh, we'll be talking more movies and everything. So always exciting to talk talk movies with Bob and George. I I haven't gotten to make fun of um, George about the Browns and Steelers, but the way the Steelers are playing, it's probably better that George and I are talking right now because, my goodness, what a mess the Steelers are. Yeah, it's it's been a mess for, for both teams. Yeah, Steelers lost yesterday. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it. They losing the Jets is pretty gross. Um, they've, um, you know, they finally benched Mitch Trubisky, and yep. uh, there's a report by NFL Network saying the word's out. Pickett's going to start for the rest of the year. I'm not sure yeah. if that's true or not. But you almost well, once you make that move, you almost have yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, that once move. you once you make the move, you got to go to it now. So unless there's an injury or or just downright ineffective play to where, you know, you're going to hurt, hurt the future of Pickett. You almost have no choice but to just move on and say this well, is what we are. We're going to be with this young guy, good or bad. Well, you almost have to see where you're at. Um, Colin brought this up earlier. It is a definitely strong NFL class. Uh, I'm a draft class for quarterbacks this next yep. year. So you almost have to play Pickett, and you, you almost have to say, yep. yeah, and if he's not good, I, I mean – Craig, this Steelers never do this bad. Well, at least recently. But man, they got hellacious schedule coming up. They got the Bills, Buccaneers, yep. Dolphins, and Eagles. I mean, even the pick and place half decent. Yeah. Craig, this could be one and seven uh, in the next couple weeks. Yeah, welcome to the league, right? I mean, that's but you know what though? You gotta find out. You have to right. you have to see what he is because if he's not the guy, then you might have a high draft pick and you might have a quarterback in mind. If he shows those flashes and maybe you're better than what they're trending right now, then you probably don't draft a quarterback. But, you know, this is the time. Now you're going to get, what, 13 games or 12 games now with, you know, with Pickett to kind of see what he really is. And you're going to get a lot of division games. And like you said here, a lot of high profile, you know, games against really good teams. And they're going to find out pretty quickly if, if he shows flashes of being anything worthwhile. Well, and TJ Watt, and, and look, this is an ex- excuse, but part of the, the Steelers' issues, no TJ Watt, and they paid him thirty million. In essence, they paid him quarterback money, and yeah, you know, TJ Watt's amazing; he's well worth all that. But you know, no TJ Watt, it hurts you too. And there's another thought too. You know, TJ Watt is saying optimistically he's best; he's back after six games. Craig, if they're one and five, one and six, do you really even hurry TJ Watt back? You know, you might just no. Say, just rest, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're if you're struggling by the time he's ready to go, I mean, if he's healthy, play him. But if he's not, I, I just think you gotta you just gotta say no and just let him. You know, be, he, it's too much of an investment for the future. And you know, yeah, you want to win games. And I know Tomlin's never been above you know below five hundred as a coach, but it looks like this is going to be the year where he is, right. and that's fine. But now you got to start thinking about how are we going to re- reload for next year, and and that because you don't want this to become a trend because that's when you start getting looked at to be fired. So I think the the idea now is for Tomlin to maybe you know compete and try to win, but then also realize that you probably aren't going to be competing for a division title. If they win, 
Um, I think I think it's going to be better for him as the year goes on. And but you know, just just see what the rookie has. I mean, I think that's for that. I, I think Mitch Trubisky does anything for you right now. Um, no, I don't either. And I think that you know, I, you know, you draft quarterbacks in the first round to play them. I know, you know, Patrick Mahomes was a guy that sat out for the better part of a season. And, you know, he got a, a you know, a, a throwaway game there at the end of his rookie season to, to kind of show what he could do. And, and they liked what they saw. At the end of the day, though, you know, you got five years, you know, at least four years and then maybe that fifth year option on Pickett. But now's the time, because if you're one in 16 or if you're a two or three or four win team, you're going to be picking in a spot where a quarterback's going to be available and you got to determine if Pickett's the guy moving forward. Cause if he isn't, you're going to have to draft a quarterback and just say, we, we took an L on that. Yeah. And the struggle with the Steelers is, I mean, it all depends on who's the top five teams. Yeah. I got a feeling this is going to be a losing season for the Steelers. I think there's enough talent on the team where they'll win a couple of games. I mean, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing they're going to end up like one in sixteen or anything like that. Yeah, right. Uh, but see, here's the issue with the Steelers. And I, we said this when we were talking about the Browns, and that's what makes that Browns loss to the Falcons indescribable. For both teams, there's winnable games the first four games of the year. Mm-hmm. And if you had hopes of the Steelers making the playoffs or the Browns making the playoffs, you need to go at least three and one. And yeah. I, I mean, Craig Steelers lost to the Jets. Yeah. The Patriots and the Browns. And, and get, I mean, the Browns are a decent team. I'm not saying the Browns are horrible. But, man, yeah. if you want to get the playoffs, you, you had to win some of those games. Yeah. Well, and, and the Browns the Browns lost to the Jets in a game that they should have won. Yeah. And they lost to the Falcons in a game that you almost feel like you had to have because the Browns' schedule is going to get more challenging. And you got to win as many games as you can because if you want to hope for a playoff spot by the time Deshaun Watson gets back, you know, you can't you can't afford to lose games that you shouldn't be losing. I think it comes down to the, a lot of these teams are mediocre this year. I mean, there are good NFL teams, yeah. but when we talk about teams that like we talked about all the time, like the Browns and Steelers and everything, they're just mediocre teams. I mean, right? Um, yeah, you want to make good decisions, uh, get guys ready, and everything. But you know, it's Steelers got bigger problems if it's Picker and Trubisky. So I don't know. So all right. Well, Craig, as always, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we are trying, and man, Craig, this could even start this week. Um, we made contact with Laura. So again, starting this week, we're aiming at kind of trying to go live from eight to twelve uh, each night. You'll you'll see a lot of our podcasters from Craig. Laura, uh, Pierre Holland, um, uh, you know, Joe Frost, Paul Yanchek, anybody else who stumbles uh, across too, uh, should should be good. So we're in line of doing this starting this week. Uh, Man, Craig, you'll you'll be back on the Seinfeld show. How about that? That'll be fun. And we get to watch the contest, which is an all-time great episode. So Very good. Very exciting. All right, well, hang out for a second afterwards, Craig. I do need to talk to you about something offline. Uh, But for Craig, this is Chris. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for checking us out. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. 
Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We're hoping to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.